Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. And here at the Bedpost Podcast, you all know what I like to do. I like to bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have uh, fun, in-depth, open conversations about sex and sexuality. And I have a really fantastic guest here today. However, before I even get started uh, with that, I'm just going to direct you one more time over to my Patreon. <laughs> it is at patreon.com slash show. And what I get up to over there is I'm offering 30-minute solo episodes. These are kind of like a more in-depth look at my life, both as a pro-dom and uh, in my personal life as a polyamorous person. So you get a lot of like uh, fun, intimate, sexy, juicy stories uh, about my life. So you get that. You also get um, erotica stories that I've written. I wrote these stories years ago. I used to be a published erotica author. author. And um, now what I'm doing for my Patreon is uh, reading them. So I'm giving you audio erotica. And then uh, on the highest tier, you also get some sexy pics and videos. So if any of that interests you, or you've just been a listener of the podcast for a while and want to uh, support the artist, you can do so at patreon.com slash show. That said, I am so excited to continue my series interviewing the Ritual Chamber Dominance. I'm very, very excited to have this particular dom in the studio. Everyone, please welcome to the mic, Miss Bernadette. Well, thank you. Thank you, and hello. Hello. <laughs> I am um, I'm so excited to talk to you and talk about your story. Mm-hmm. I'm maybe wondering if we could start by saying how you first kind of got involved in kink. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear the journey between you discovering kink and becoming a pro-dom at the Ritual Chamber. Great. Well, we'll start at the beginning. Yes. And I guess, actually, the first time I discovered kink was probably when I was five years old. Wow. And I remember having thoughts about pain back then, and, and when I would see other kids be punished, it would, it would kind of turn me on. <laughs> so I thought, oh, and it, it, that didn't bother me. And, and I even remember being alone in my bedroom and having crazy thoughts and thinking about things when I went to bed. So it, it stems to way back then. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little older. I'm 58 right now. Mm-hmm. So way back when, when I was in my 20s and exploring, there, there was no internet. There was no way to get in touch with other people or find out what's going on in any kind of scene. So I guess I just had to rely on, on dating and trying to, to be kinky and sex in a vanilla way. But that was really never that satisfying to me because I had so many other things that were really inside me that I wanted to explore. So I guess when I was in my... Uh, elderly, you know, not too many years ago, <laughs> I thought, wow, is this all there is to life? You know, am I never going to be able to realize these fantasies I've had, these thoughts? So what I did, and it's ironic considering what we do right now, yep. is I hired a professional dominatrix. Yes, you did. I did, because I figured, firstly, I hired a woman. Yep. Uh, I thought it would be safe. 
Yeah. I wanted to hire a professional because I thought that she would know what she's doing and had a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. And I was married at the time and I thought, okay, that won't be cheating. Like it, it wasn't about sex to me. It was exploring BDSM and pain and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I hired her. I saw her a few times and it was like the first time I was with her, she did certain things. She, I started as a bottom mm -hmm. receiving pain. Mm -hmm. She tied me up and she did things to me. And I remember thinking, Oh, yes, yes, this is it. Like, <laughs> yes, I was, yes, yes. I, there was no regret. There was no thinking, oh, this is weird. What was I thinking? It was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what I thought it would be like. And it was a wonderful door that opened to me. And how long ago was that experience? That was about 10 years ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. So I saw her a few times and explored. And then I, I shut it down a little bit because of my personal life. And I, I didn't know what direction to take it. But then a number of years, I guess about five years ago, I thought, okay, I need this in my life. Mm -hmm. So I entered the public scene mm -hmm. of BDSM in, in the Toronto community. <clears throat> I made a lot of friends. I got a lot of experience. I started off as a bottom receiving pain and then realized I, I like the other side of it too, mm -hmm. giving pain. I see myself more as a top than a true switch uh, dominant like oh i see like I, i'm a yeah. switch like mm. i don't get off on telling people what to do and making them do things and you're my slave and this and that i i get off on kind of giving person pleasure i figure mm -hmm. if i'm giving them the pain they want i'm giving them pleasure mm -hmm. and that pleases me in in turn mm -hmm. so i maybe i'm partly sadistic because I, I enjoy seeing the pain but in essence it's done out of like i guess it's done out of love and, yeah. and respect so a few years ago, I, I thought, hey, I, I'm really enjoying this. I'm going to try to do this professionally because I think I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And part of another way I got a lot of experience is I go to these um, spanking parties or BDSM conferences throughout the world, a lot of them in the States, a lot of them in Europe. And people that are going to travel across the world to do their kink, they're pretty good at it. Yeah, no kidding. So I saw different ways of doing things, different, I pride myself on skill and technique, mm -hmm. and, and that really brushed up. So for, for me, it, it brushed me up on my tactics, I guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, I feel I really know what I'm doing, and I thought, might as well do it professionally to, to give other people a good first-time experience. A lot of people that come to me, they're coming for their very first time and you you got to make it positive mm -hmm. you know there's some people that go to a pro dom and it doesn't work out so good and and it can fuck them up it can make them never come again or turn them off and i don't want that i want it to be like it was for me opening this really great door mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so amazing. And um, I love to hear that your first time really doing a kink scene was with a professional. Mm -hmm. Because to some people that might seem like a real leap, like literally not doing anything kinky ever, but just having those fantasies in your head, like possibly for years, possibly yes. for your whole life. And then the very first time you actually get to do anything is with a professional. That seems like a big leap to people mm -hmm. to suddenly jump into session with a dominatrix. Mm -hmm. But why Why did you think that was a good way to start out? You, you mentioned safety. I thought it was safe. Yeah. I thought it was reliable. And I, I looked up on the internet descriptions of people and she just struck me in a, in a really candid kind of way. Mm -hmm. But I... 
That's a good question. I think also I, I didn't want to end up with some stranger. I, yeah. I didn't really know how to meet anybody else. I didn't know about there's things called munches, there's there's get-togethers in the BDSM community. And I, I guess I was secretive about it back then too. I didn't want to be out in public. That's I, a good I just point. didn't know what was out there. And I think a lot of people don't. They don't realize there is a big community out there. And it it's hard to get into that community. Yeah. It takes a lot of social skills to walk into some event all by yourself. And you don't know what you want. Like I had ideas in my head about what I liked and what I wanted, but I didn't really know. Yeah, you hadn't I done anything yet. I didn't know what it felt like or what it would be like. So I. I thought it, it would be a, a good, reliable way to start out. And, yeah. and in my own practice now as a pro-dom, I really like it when people come to me for a first time. And I'll even email them the night before if I have their email address and just say, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow because a lot of people will chicken out. Oh, a yes. lot of people, it's very, very scary. And they'll think, what am I doing? Am I crazy? What, what am I going to do? And who is this person? They, they don't know what to expect. You know, they think dungeons, some yes. horrible place, they're trapped. And Ritual Chamber is really a beautiful, classy mm-hmm. uh, milieu. So uh, just, and sometimes that helps, just to give a little one-liner, not to harass them or anything, just to say, looking forward to seeing you so that it's a bit welcoming. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you've probably had the experience too. They arrive at the door and they say, I almost didn't come. Yes. You know? so, or I've had the experience where I've had no-shows. That's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because, and, and it's understandable on one on one side of it when you're looking at it as you said it's like that that could be a very I can imagine somebody that hasn't been to a dominatrix before and really hasn't done much kink in their life how fearful you might be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to go as you said to like a quote-unquote dungeon like god knows what they're picturing well they picture what society shows and what stupid movies show and stereotypes of of the whole thing yeah so the if they can get there that's great for them and then the rest of my job is to make it a good, positive experience and mm-hmm. to tune in to what exactly they want. And that's that's an interpersonal skill. It is. Yeah. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. yeah. And having been there on the other side of it, I think, gives me a, a bit of an advantage also. Yeah, a bit of insight into mm-hmm. what that might be like mm-hmm. as somebody that really has minimal, minimal experience going and seeing a professional. Yeah. Yeah, I was just um, typing out uh, like an email interview Uh, to a publication they're interviewing me about specifically talking about like first timers and kink and like you know what are some implements you know you should pick up as a first timer or what where what are resources like on and on like this so my main piece of advice uh, as for um, you know starting to experiment with kink I was like I said I'm like as a professional I have to say see a professional yeah we're skilled, we're experienced, uh, we work with a lot of first-timers, we have a fully stocked dungeon with everything you could possibly imagine, mm-hmm. you know, it's we're discreet, um, we're safe, you yeah. know, all, all of those things that you were mentioning um, yeah. that would be appealing for a first-timer. Yeah, and we'll do what they want us to do, whereas if you meet some random person at a party or something, they, they, have, their have, own they agenda. have their own self-interest. Yeah, they're not necessarily out for your better good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're out could be out for themselves i mean it's nice to meet people that are but you just don't know yeah it's a big risk professionals for a reason yeah and and as much as we're dominance and tops it's really an act of service that we're doing for Mm -hmm. a client like we are there for you 
you're hiring us. We are so we are in your service yeah. in a way. Yeah. So you get to you get to decide every they moment. Call the shots. You hundred yeah. percent call the shots. Yeah. yeah. Really as any bottom or sub should be. True. Like who when you're looking at who has the power, it's easy to say, well the dominant or the top has the power. Really yeah. I don't think that's true at all. I agree. It, I agree. Everything the sub is the director of the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. Love that. So, okay, so you saw a professional. Um, what types of things did you start to do? Uh, you said you, you uh, were doing workshops, you're traveling, you know, talking to a lot of uh, great professionals and educators and whatnot to mm -hmm. kind of build up your mm -hmm. skill set. What did you do when you uh, were like, okay, I want to go professional? What was like the first steps well, to that? Well, I had actually met, met uh, Shahrazad, who yeah. runs the Ritual Chamber, early on in my uh, journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we, we had kind of stayed in touch, and I knew what she did, and that was before I thought I'd be doing that. Mm -hmm. And then over the years, I thought, oh, I think I could do this well. And just by accident, she was looking for doms. There you go. And she put a little ad out, and I thought, oh, why not? I'll apply for this. <laughs> you know. And the great thing, when, when you're applying for a job that you're not desperate for, you tend to be more relaxed, and that's when you kind of get the job. You know, I thought, if I don't get this, fine, and if I do, great. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I applied, and here I am. And there you are. <laughs> Did you Simple bring that? Did you bring a resume like I did? No, I didn't. see she had seen me. She had seen me play. So perfect. I had the advantage. She okay. saw me in my in uh, your natural in habitat. My, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I was also lucky in that cuz I get that question a lot like, "Oh, how do be how do I come to be a part of a great team like yours?" Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like Ugh, it's hard because like same thing with me I knew Shahir said beforehand through bedpost uh, mm -hmm. things so I was able to same thing she had she hadn't put out an ad because I don't think she makes a habit of doing that anymore but she kind of made a post just like oh facepalm these applicants are so terrible essentially uh -huh. on Twitter <laughs> uh, and I was like does that mean you're like seeing applicants <laughs> so I messaged her and I was like uh does this mean you're hiring and she okay. and she was like are you looking I'm like maybe <laughs> I don't know so same idea okay. I I was it kind of fell mm -hmm. into place I was thinking about it a lot um and then I saw that post and I reached out and she was interested and it all just kind of fell fell yeah. into place yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to yeah give advice on how do I become a part of a team? How do I start professionally? It's like, well, build up your skill set for sure. Absolutely. For me, same. Well, that's why Shara's yeah. she doesn't accept people that don't have a few years of experience. Yeah, and I that's very to. smart. And all of us at the Ritual Chamber, we're, we're genuinely into it in our personal life. Yeah, it's we're not nice something time. we're just doing for money or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I play outside of sessions with friends and partners and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of that. Me too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was, uh, same thing, have lots of experience as a lifestyle dom, a life. I'm also a switch in my personal life. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of experience on both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's very valuable to have experience as a bottom or a submissive? I do. I don't think it's necessary. I think there's excellent tops and excellent dominants that are purely tops and dominants. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it gives you a different 
vantage point where I, I think I can read people really well and kind of know when they've had enough or when they want more or see their body language. And sometimes I'll open up to clients and tell them that, that I, I'm a bottom also. And mm. I think it give, they have respect for that. They yeah. kind of feel understood. Which, but it's not necessary, <clears throat> but it helps, and it helps make my experience richer because mm-hmm. I can enjoy it from all angles. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm uh, when I'm doing a scene with someone, I'm like, oh, if I was like, if this was me right now, I'd be just loving this. Like, <laughs> you wish you could top yourself. <laughs> I wish I, like, I would. Oh, if I would, I could. Like, it's totally true though. Like, I'll say something, and I'm like, oh my god, that is like such a salient thing for me as a bottom like I hope they're like receiving it like I would yeah you know want to be receiving it as well you know what I mean that's amazing Mm -hmm. and so how many years have you been at the ritual chamber so far I think over two over two years two and a half maybe amazing and are you enjoying it oh I always have yeah it feels like home yeah you walk in there and it just feels comfortable yeah yeah it's a really gorgeous space and we have a really amazing team Mm -hmm. we have an amazing headmistress Mm mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I love how there's a room for everything. Like I'll use all the rooms. Actually, I haven't used them. I used the medical room once, mm-hmm. but I mainly use the boudoir and the dungeon part, the schoolroom part. Mm-hmm. I've used the nursery once or twice. It's great to have all those different scenarios for different fantasies. Definitely. So yeah. you'll so you'll do a bit of role play with. I the... love role play. Oh, I do? love role play, and I can go anywhere with it. Oh. Like I think my natural persona is of a. A, a caring uh, top nurturing you, you know, like yes. I, I give the pain well but it's done in a positive atmosphere Very but nice. if you want me to be mean <laughs> if you want me to be dirty and disgusting and, and degrading I can do it and I revel in that yes oh and, that's and, amazing yeah and I re- well if you like role plays too I like not knowing necessarily where it'll go mm-hmm. and if it goes back and forth and brings you in a really crazy direction that's all the better yes and and I insert a bit of humor sometimes inadvertent but it, it, it can be fun oh yeah I like role it to play be fun. is fun I agree it should yeah, yeah. Um, again, uh, you know, upon request, sure, I can give that more kind of stereotypical mm-hmm. dom that's a very severe, mm-hmm. you know, intense, sadistic. I can for sure deliver that upon request, but my go-to is also always something that's a little more playful and fun mm-hmm. that's closer to, like, the way I play lifestyle play mm-hmm. um, and closer to my own personality as well. Like, I, yeah. I really pride myself on, like, authenticity Mm-hmm. especially within role play like it's for me it's always grounded I'm always being myself mm-hmm. but you know I'm being myself that is super severe intimidating sadistic yeah. or myself that is you know the principal or the teacher or the doctor like whatever but yeah. it, it's always me doing it that's right yeah. yeah yeah and it takes a while to find your own style because when I started out I saw these other dominants and they were the more stereotypical oh, you're a little worm and I'm gonna do this to you and that and I never felt comfortable with that so Mm -hmm. I I guess at the beginning I felt a little insecure thinking oh I can never do that I can never do that but then I thought okay I'm just going to be me I'm just going to let it take go where it it goes and that really worked and I realized you don't have to be this stereotype uh, you know femme fatale kind of thing and if if you are authentic people will appreciate that and it sure makes things a lot easier Mm -hmm. and you can tell I think you Mm -hmm. can tell when a dom is really you know reveling in their own dominant uh, yeah. power yeah. you know like rather than um going through the motions exactly. of, of what they've seen exactly you know wherever yeah um as a bottom 
I'm wondering how your style as a top, did that develop from what you enjoy as a bottom? Like, do you, did you, do you enjoy a nurturing top when you're bottoming? Oh, is that interesting? Because I don't. No? <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> I never saw that before. That is interesting. I like, I like a really tough top. Ooh. I like, I like someone to be kind of mean to me. Ooh. Isn't that, I've, I've had the nurturing too. I never thought of it that way. So I guess I guess what you like and what you are can be two different things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. I like. Um, for me, uh, my my like favorite scene is probably someone who's being very professional and very kind of emotionally detached, and like they're at their job and they're doing this. Uh, like me, having something done to me for my own good is like very salient for oh, me. Uh. So it's like, all right. Miss Pym, we're here going through this testing today, um, you know, and it's for either like my own wellness or it's for another reason, like, oh, you know, this experiment is going towards literally anything. It does not have to make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it can yeah. be an abduction and they're, they're testing on me for some sadistic reason or whatever, but it's like, they're there just doing their job. They're like the facilitator of like a greater mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sound so vain. <laughs> yeah, they they could be saving the world with the research they're getting from you know this through this, you <laughs> through me. Yeah, yeah. using you. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, so it's objectification for sure, and it's kind of like that detached kind of nurturing. Like, oh, it's going to be over soon. You're doing really well. Just hang in there a bit longer. Okay, um, you know, the doctor will be right with you. Like, da 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 da. But kind of that emotionally. Um, kind of uh false uh polite mm-hmm. you know politeness mm-hmm. for some reason that kind of detached role yeah. play is very very erotic to me um and i also and alternatively i love doing that role play i love okay. being the yeah. doctor yeah i'm in the yeah. medical room a lot okay that's probably the room i might be in that room most Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing I really love about the pro-doming I do, and this is unique to pro-doming, it, I, I don't find it happens as much in my personal life, is we are privy to people's real secret fantasies that they don't tell anybody else. Like I know in my private life playing with other people, you don't get that deep because you're part of their lives. Whereas when you just see someone on a professional level, you don't see them in between, it's totally confidential, you you learn the real nuts and bolts of what makes them tick and what they like, and certain ones like certain words to be used, or Mm -hmm. certain things I can't even think or imagine, and I'm there, wow, this is really cool to know this person's innermost thoughts and fantasies and and to be able to fulfill them. That is, that's... Yeah, it's really special. That's it's really very, intimate. very intimate and special. Yeah. You're so and right. And you learn it within ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like meeting someone within ten minutes, they might be totally naked or, or telling, doing this crazy fantasy role play. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. Or telling you something so, so, so vulnerable. Oh yeah. 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 It's 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 really beautiful. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's amazing, really. Like we could be the only person that this person has ever told that to. Absolutely. This could be the only time that they are actually actually getting to indulge this fantasy yeah, yeah. It's, it, I consider it a privilege and wow eh? yeah. yeah yes yeah. definitely my goodness are there certain things I'm wondering that you do with newbies to kind of 
get them feeling comfortable. So they're, you know, they're at the door, you welcome them in. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea of kind of, okay, this person is nervous, this person is new, I'm going to be a little, what? Um, uh, depends how fast I will jump into the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Some of them are ready to get to it right away. Mm -hmm. Others, I realize they're kind of nervous, don't know how, so I will guide them each step of the way. Now, as I said, I pride myself on my technique. I love implements. I love straps and canes and whips and all that stuff, and I have my own personal intimate implements that I bring myself, and I usually lay them out on, on a certain table or something, mm -hmm. and I'll bring them over and I'll show them, and some of them look scary, and I say, you know, you can either pick which ones you want, or I can just try it on you lightly, or, or whatever, so that kind of kills a, a bit of time and makes them a little more comfortable with that. That's interesting. I didn't know you bring your own implements. Yeah, I do. <laughs> You've got your whole... I've got a connection in, in uh, England that makes beautiful, beautiful leather straps and stuff, so Very nice. I get a lot of stuff from him. Interesting. Nice. Um, I uh, On that, I have a question from um, somebody you and I know and love. Uh, <laughs> this is Master Wolfgang <laughs> asking. Uh, he says... This is on Twitter. He has asked, I'd love to know what Bernadette's favorite corporal punishment implement at the ritual chamber is. Be it a cane, a crop, a paddle, a flogger, strap, etc. Love, Wolfie. Well, hi, Wolfie. <laughs> Wolfgang, uh, for the listeners, uh, he did an episode a while back. You can go back and find that episode. He is our male dominant at the ritual chamber. Uh, lovely person. Uh, if you listen to that episode, you'll just fall right in love with him. Yeah, he's very funny. Yeah. yeah. So what, um, yes, so out well, of your implements that you mm -hmm. choose, what is your very I, well, favorite? Well, I do, I do love the canes the most. <sighs> Nasty. Because I find they're unique. Like when I started in, mm -hmm. in this, I didn't even know about canes. I didn't know about caning. I had no idea what it was, and, and a person I played with was known for that. Mm -hmm. And remember at the beginning of our scene, he looked at me and he said, I'm going to give you 50 strokes of this. And I thought to myself, I thought, am I insane? I thought, am I insane, or is he insane? <laughs> well, what is about to happen here? Seriously? Like, what? And I, it, it all happened. It was all good. Yeah. But I like the cane because I think there's an elegant beauty to it. Mm -hmm. And it is a skill. You don't just whack someone with it. You have to learn how to use it properly. And yeah, because a cane can be very dangerous. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And and like any implement, really, you can use it as light or as heavy as you want. So caning can give you a nice massage if you use it lightly, or it can give you wicked uh, marks, you know, horizontal marks, and which I think are things of beauty if you get them all lined up nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Made a little piece of art which there, which I can yes. do. Yeah, <laughs> so sure I enjoy that, and it's just unique. You can hear it whip through the air. Yes, you can. You, you know that it really hurts the person. They can't fake that pain in, <laughs> in receiving it, and then they have nice reminders if they want of nice lines on their bottom or legs or wherever. Yeah, you want to do it. So I I enjoy that, and I like floggers also. Mm -hmm. I've mastered Florentine flogging, which is flogging with two hands. I have seen you do and that, and that's, yes, that's a you lot of have fun. mastered yes. it. It is quite. And that, that feels good. That's not a painful kind of thing. That's more of a, a coming down or relaxing kind of impact play. Yeah, it's it, very kind of hypnotic, especially to watch it happen. It's like watching a lava lamp. It's like just this repetitive kind of pattern. It's a yeah. rhythmic, yeah. a really rhythmic thing. Yeah. It's like... And, and you hear it, and you see it, and you hear the swishing and the yeah. impact. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you do that at uh, one of the ritual chambers uh, parties, probably mm -hmm. the Christmas 
party, maybe. Yeah. We do an event at Ritual Chamber called Around the World of Kink, so you can book little mini sessions with each of the doms. Uh, 10 minutes for $10. It's a deal. It is, especially if you want to experience what these things feel like. Yeah. So once one person saw you do a Florentine (laughs) mini session, there was a line up. There was. My wrists were very tired by the end of that that hour or two. Is it hard to keep up? I I have experimented with it. Like I've just started to Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, I wouldn't do it on a client or anything like that, but I, you know, I, I'm practicing the motion and whatnot. It's like riding a bike. Once you get it, (laughs) you you can't forget it. That's amazing. That's so cool. So cane flogger are your, are your top two, you would say? Yeah, I use them all really. Straps. I've, I've started to use whips. Whips are even more complicated than canes. Yes, They 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 really do take skill and practice, but I can crack a whip, which is addictive. And, uh, no kidding. And I, I can whip people. And, and again, I'm, I'm into the aesthetics of it all and and the beauty of the marks if they want marks and seeing nice, you know, even marks on someone's back or wherever. But, uh, and I use leather straps also. Leather straps are the least likely to leave marks because as you know, a lot of our clients, they they don't want marks left on them. So hand spankings, leather straps, those are the yeah. The way to go if you don't really want marks. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, what I even do is uh, even um, a little less stingy. I, I wear a leather glove as well, yeah. which takes a bit of the sting off. And mm-hmm. that won't leave a mark no matter how much, how much I'm spanking you. Yeah. yeah. But a strap is good as well. Mm-hmm. Cause it's kind of broad and flat. That's right. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. is that, yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of the way uh, when we're talking about like potentially like cutting the skin or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like whatever's more direct. So a smaller, so cane for sure, obviously, because sure. it's quite thin. Mm-hmm. A whip. Um, a whip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why I've never thought of that, guys. <laughs> 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 oh, well, well, why I haven't thought of it is because like, um, also how hard the implement is as well. Like a wooden paddle. A wood always leaves bruises. Always. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Always. No matter how light you think you're going, you're yeah. going to leave it's it. It's incredible. Pad- yeah, yeah. 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 And that's broad and flat. So yeah. So a strap is flexible yeah. and broad and flat. Yeah. 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 And then your hand, obviously, is, is soft. But not... you you never know how people's bodies are going to react. I've had people bruise with a hand spanking. Wow, yeah. Just if they, especially if it's a woman, it's tender. They've never really been spanked before, and you get the little tiny red marks and stuff. Yeah, so, finger, I mean, there's no guarantees. That's the hard part. I like to tell people that I won't leave marks, and I pay great attention at the beginning. Yeah, if somebody says that marking. to me, I am really mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not going to yeah. No, because <laughs> I'm really it's trying not serious. to. Yeah. You know, they can get in trouble at home or they have a reason why. Yeah, I don't know the reason. It could mm-hmm. be something very serious yeah. that could really affect their life if mm-hmm. I leave marks. Yeah. I think one session I he said no marks, and um, but he wanted a wooden paddle, so I was like I'll do it real light. <laughs> and then at the end I was like it's the one time I was like shit, I think I think that's going to leave some yeah. bruises well, on Well, hopefully him. it was in the winter and he could say he slipped on the ice. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he can make up a... But one thing that was good is he booked again in a couple of weeks. Oh, so good. I was like, oh, oh thank good. God. Yeah. <laughs> he was like the one person I've ever had where I was like, ooh, I think I did leave some marks and he said not to. But he repeated again very quickly. I was like, ooh. <laughs> wow. 
Well, you know, one interesting fact that I've noticed anecdotally for myself, mm -hmm. comparing pro sessions with just lifestyle. Um, public lifestyle sessions, is the people that come for pro sessions, they can really take it. Yeah, sometimes, they eh? They can really take it. Like in lifestyle, you know, you do warm-up, and then, and then they don't seem to be able to go through. But I tell you, these clients, wow. Yeah. So I, I up my game now, because <laughs> I know they're there for an hour at least and I want to make it count so uh, it's like I, it I don't hold back if, if they say it's okay with marks I'll, I'll give them yeah. as much as if they, they can. say they love impact want a lot yeah. of pain and don't they care really about do. marks yeah fucking let's do this then. that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing okay it should be about the time now where we're going to take a little bit of a break but don't worry everyone we have another second half with miss bernadette we're going to talk about some other fantastic topics we have some more questions from twitter so uh see you in a few listen to these lovely sponsors that i have and we will be right back with miss bernadette take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all oasis aqua lounge is a water themed sex club located right here in toronto at 231 mutual street oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame free when it comes to pleasure and play check them out at their website oasisaqualounge.com Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Designed by Dallas Dominatrix Mistress Petra Hunter, the Sissy Kit provides all-inclusive training packages designed exclusively for sissies. So whether you're a beginner sissy or a full-blown sissy slut, these kits are perfect for those of you looking to spice up your play. These kits are also a great fit for those of you new to the lifestyle or those of you too nervous to visit a dominatrix. Kits are shipped worldwide with flat rate shipping and purchases are billed and shipped discreetly. To get started, visit thesissykit.com. Hello everyone, welcome back. I'm your host Erin Pym and I'm here with the pro-dominant from the Ritual Chamber, Miss Bernadette. Hello, Hello. we're back. Hello, we're back with a vengeance everybody. <laughs> um, and I thought we would start off with a question from Twitter. This is a, uh, a fantastic person who always asks great questions via Twitter. So I want to make sure to give her a shout out. She's at Lauren the Corgi, Corgi like a dog, uh, on Twitter. And she has a couple here, so we're going to start with 
has pro-doming helped you discover any kinks that you were previously unaware of? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. <laughs> there is no limit to people's fetishes. It's true. And I love that. I had a session with someone, and he had asked beforehand that I wear be sleeveless, wear something. Yeah. I usually am anyway, so I thought, fine, no problem. Yeah. So during the session, he kept referring to my armpits and my upper arms and all of this. And I thought, wow, this guy's got an armpit fetish. Sure does. And he said, is there stubble under your arms? And I said, well, you're not going to find that out. And, you know, I, I went with it. Yes. But, You're teasing uh, but him about that it. Was, yeah. That was fun because I never imagined that. And again, I'm being privy to this person's intimate fetish that he's probably not shared with people in his personal life yeah. so openly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. That's, that's one example. I can't think of any others off the top. But just in terms of sometimes people like things done in a ritualistic kind of way. Yeah, some or, some people like something like very specific, yeah, right? Yeah. Very, very and, specific. And use certain words to describe their body parts, so you incorporate that along the way. So yeah, yeah. that's fun. But as for, I guess I've seen a lot in terms of the general kinks and things we do, not that much has really surprised me. But yeah. that, I, that little detail always sticks out for me. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. I remember one, um, I uh, interviewed Lady Henry, who used to be a ritual chamber dom. She's gone independent now, and she rents from Lady Azelle, I believe, at the moment. Uh, Lady Henry had a, a request for, he had something with nostrils, um, oh. and he just loved to see her, like, flaring her nostrils and talking about her nostrils oh, and whatnot. Fun. She's like... I had never, I've heard, I'd like to think I've heard everything, but I had not heard of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, fantastic. I was totally into it. She's fantastic. like, great, let's do this nostril scene then, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. sure. Yeah. What I think people need to know about prodoms is most of us are like, we're in this work because we have really um, wide interests. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're basically into most things you could bring us like bring us something quote-unquote weird yeah we'll probably be into it like yeah yeah, we all all have our personal boundaries and limits and the ritual chamber as a house also has boundaries and limits but like most of the things that you could bring a pro dom they're gonna respond and be like oh my god yes like oh wow oh what fun like absolutely you're more likely to get a reaction like that than you yeah yeah. You know. And if you get a reaction of, ooh, walk away. Don't ever see him or her again. Exactly. But yeah. find someone who will go, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and it might might not be our thing, but like, mm-hmm. again, we're here for you. And like, mm-hmm. if it's within our boundaries, we feel comfortable delivering it. We're going to yeah. do that for you because we want you to have a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I brand myself as a disciplinarian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and that's what I do enjoy doing the most. And I do that very well. But... I'm not limited to that. Like yeah. uh, most of my sessions, I really just dress in a skirt and sweater and, and stuff looking like a teacher or an aunt, but I can gussy it up BDSM with big high heeled <laughs> boots and corsets and low cleavage also. Yes. So, and that's fun as a bit of a change yeah. for me to do that. So I want it, to, it's good for me to make it clear that I can, I can do everything really. Yeah. Although he- I focus on one thing, I can 
stretch it out a little bit. Yeah, because I I always describe you as a specialist, mm-hmm. like as a corporal yeah, punishment exactly. specialist. But you aren't. Yeah, even that box is like cannot contain you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's something that Gotta you specialize get in. Get out but... of that box every now and then. Right. Yeah, get a little <laughs> run around on the lawn a little bit. But that's bit. what I love about Ritual Chamber also. If you look at the list of dominants, we're all, there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. all so different in terms of how we look, in terms of what we do, in terms of our approach. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Exactly, exactly. So at Lauren the Corgi has another great one. What are some of the most creative or fun scenes you've done? Hmm. Does anything jump to mind? Well, I did a scene recently with a a man, and his idea was to be two different people. It was to be two Tell a pair me. of siblings. He came to me for we did it in in the nursery, pretending like it was in a house. Yeah. And I think I was his mother. He came as a as a woman. He dressed as a, a girl yeah. first. That yeah. did something bad, got spanked and everything. And then his brother was supposedly outside listening and had also done something bad. So it was the brother's turn to and get he spanked came after. In. And he came in as the brother. And I thought that <gasps> is again that is really cool. I never would have thought of that. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. He's playing two roles That's in right. the scene. That's right. And it was his first time with a dominant. Oh, wow. So that, I think, I'd like to think it was a treat for him, and it was certainly a treat for me. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love, um, that's that's funny, because that's almost like a, a, that you're doming, like, a duo of subs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's almost like a three-person scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah <sighs> because interesting. what I find tend to be the most, like creative energy is when it's a duo like it's a other doming duo or you have a couple mm-hmm. for example that's booked to you yeah. so just because the more people in the room the more ideas you're yeah flinging around you know and the yeah. more creative it gets because mm-hmm. you have more people making offers and you're like oh my god i never would have thought of yeah. that oh my god you're so smart oh that's my god true. like that's true and it's just like a melting yeah. pot of yeah. uh well, brain, i've done both those combinations also of co-doming mm-hmm. and working with a couple i have an elderly couple that comes regularly and i just adore them because mm. partly their age is great that they're still doing their kink at that age and it is so beautiful to see them do intimate moments and in, in the middle of of everything again you're being privy yeah. to people's really private lives and and kink is about who you are it's not about what you look like mm-hmm. how old you are mm-hmm. that means absolutely nothing like most kinky people you meet you you'd never think they're kinky just by looking at them no nope, you ha- couldn't we have a stereotype as to what kinky people look like but it's in your brain it's inside you it's not what you look like at all Ugh. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think people, you know, a lot of people with kink often think that they're the only one that's feeling that way. They're, you know, that it's very isolating can feel for people, but like, man, you would be surprised at how many people everywhere mm-hmm. are into some uh, some sort of kink. Like yeah. you're not alone. <laughs> like No. No. Yeah, and and just because you don't see people walking around dressed like 
doms and vampires and <laughs> all, right. all the stuff fact, that very few are yeah <laughs> and probably some of the people that dress that way aren't they aren't into kick your pain at all you know and it's that's just the stupid stuff we <clears throat> the narrative that we've been fed right via media and whatnot but it's like you would be surprised how many people you know that appear completely like quote unquote normal quote unquote regular yeah folks that enjoy some pretty kinky shit that's right well probably if if you see me on the street i just look like some normal woman yeah innocent kind of nice and friendly and yeah you just don't know and for me as well i mean Mm -hmm. i i for some yeah yeah, i for sure don't look like a dom i know i don't like a traditional Mm -hmm. stereotypical dom and i'm not and i don't want to be so there so there you go yeah not everybody (laughs) wants that some do which Mm -hmm. is fine yeah yeah oh totally yeah that is most valid as well um, one last one from Lauren LeCorgi. She says, have you ever used drumsticks or marimba mallets or another percussion uh, instrument as impact toys? Um, not drumsticks. I have a sets of two canes. I've, I have short canes that mm. I will use <laughs> rhythmically, but not in terms of the, that's not to elicit great pain. That's mm-hmm. more like the massage type, the sensual type. So two short uh, little cane. canes. Yeah. 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 And I'll, okay. I've, actually, I've used them on breasts. That that hurts. <laughs> that might be a little more sensitive than a butt. Yeah. And I've I've had uh, someone use drumsticks on me. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. It's very fun. I got the opportunity to use. Um. I I think the intention, uh, of the implement wasn't, uh, percussion play, but um. They're, I think they were like for physio, like massage physio. They're oh. kind of like two little mallets almost, but it was a ball, quite a heavy ball, rubber mm. ball at the end with two mm. um, like sticks for handles. So you could like, it felt like playing in a xylophone, like, wow. like that, like on somebody's back. But man, these things could really, if you really thwack, it's a really heavy duty, heavy weighted ball in there. Like you could really <laughs> watch out. Yeah. But if you yeah. do that, like massaging someone's shoulders, like yeah. their intended purpose is like to like kind of play those. That'd on be nice. Some, it'd be quite nice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that reminded me of, uh, like, like my friend, uh, Dentamine, who's a, who's a sexologist, they, uh, they actually refer to impact play as percussion play. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it mm-hmm. when they're out in the world. They're like, you all call, you all call it impact play. I call it percussion, percussion play. Cause yeah. they see it. They just see it that way. Yeah. It's yeah. about creating. Well, also it's about how you do it. Like, I guess when I think of percussion play, I think of something that's very evenly spaced. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. timing is good the, so that when you're bottoming, you can just kind of relax and you know what's coming. You get into the rhythm of it all. And you could be easily going in a subspace. That's right. Something it's soothing. It's like predictable. That. Whereas sometimes with impact play, it can be unpredictable. You can get a few hard wax, then soft, then another hard one out of nowhere. And yep. that's not as evenly paste mm-hmm. I find but I, I do like to keep a nice rhythm yes yeah. even if it gets harder or can be hard I think it's important for the the bottom to kind of let go a little bit and not always be tense not always be thinking oh there's going to be a, a whack coming out of nowhere unless they want that some people want that mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people won't be able to just let go and just kind of trance out essentially yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. very cool all right. Thanks, Lauren the Corgi. Uh, always fantastic questions. All right. We have one more here. This is from at Dalek 2015. So, okay. Regarding spanking as punishment, how do you keep the dynamics of that healthy? 
like does the fact that the subject usually wants to be spanked in a mean way um, is that a point of contention sometimes emotionally or are there things to be done by the spanky or spanker to stop it from creating bad feelings hmm that's a really interesting deep question it is yeah and I'm going to answer it twofold because there's one answer for the pro world yeah. that we do yeah and then there's another answer if the person that's talking about their personal life with their personal partner yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> so with the pro world usually the the whole session is as we were saying earlier dictated by the client in, in what they want sometimes they just want to make up a scenario and be punished for it other times, they, there are things in their real life that they want to be able to control better, that they want to be disciplined for, and we can use it that way, in a realistic way, mm -hmm. and, and be punished and have a purpose of improving behavior, and if you don't improve behavior, you, you get it again. Yeah, in their actual life. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, that's propelled by, by the client. Yes. Um, if you're talking about lifestyle, I think that depends on the relationship that the person is in with, let's call it, their dominant. Mm -hmm. And how much they want controlled in their own life, how much they actually do misbehave, whether that misbehavior is inadvertent or deliberate in mm -hmm. terms of brattiness yes. and, and trying to get a punishment. And I think it's up to the couple as to what kind of relationship they have, what the trust is, what they're both looking for as to where that will go mm -hmm. and as to how satisfying that can be. Mm -hmm. But it, it should all be done with an aim for improvement in behavior and, and, and pleasure as to that's what both people want in the long run, whether it's lifestyle or pro. Or pro, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very interesting. Like it should, it should never be abuse. Just like we, we hurt people, but we don't harm them. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll spank, we'll whip, we'll do whatever, we'll punish. But it's never to, to abuse or to harm someone mentally or physically. Yeah. And what, would we, what could we do to ensure that? So say people that are playing with spanking as punishment, uh, that they're not seeing a professional. So they may not know exactly what to do just to create a positive, you know, mm -hmm. positive feelings around. Well, open communication, act. like in all relationships, even yeah. like when in vanilla sex relationships, communication is really important. Yep. Talking about boundaries, talking about what you really want, and uh, safe words are yeah. important, and they are to be taken seriously. Yeah. yeah. When s someone says yellow or red or whatever, you take that seriously and, and you use it as a lesson as to how to proceed or what to do differently in the future. But again, like we were saying earlier, uh, the the bottom is really always in charge. It's, yeah. it's up to the bottom to, to do all that. And I know it's hard because a lot of bottoms are very submissive mm -hmm. and they want to please and they feel bad about saying no. But you're in charge. It, it shouldn't be about what you don't really want or what's going to be bad for you in the future. Yeah. And if it's something you don't like, just if you're not tied up, just get up and walk away. Yeah. And like, we can't look out for you unless you're looking out for yourself. Like unless you are talking to us as a dominant mm -hmm. and telling us what you want out of it or what mm -hmm. you don't want. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're telling that to us we're not mind readers and we no. don't know that no, we can read body language but we can't see what's inside your head exactly yeah we're good at intuiting but mm -hmm. we're not mind readers mm -hmm. so unless yeah. you are it's all up to the bottom really to communicate and yeah. you're right yeah people who are naturally kind of submissive um they can be 
it can be difficult for people like that to advocate for themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, they feel they failed or they feel, oh, I can't take it. I'm supposed to be able to take it. I want to take it for them. I can't. And they feel embarrassed about that. But you really shouldn't. Yeah. You really shouldn't. And a good top will not make you feel badly about that. Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah. if a top is forcing you to do things you don't want to do, that's a big red flag. Yeah, and again. Get away. Yeah. Stand up and walk out of that mm-hmm. room. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, maybe we can talk a bit about anatomy as far as maybe newbies that want to experiment with impact play. Mm-hmm. What's going on physically? Are there things that we should or for sure should not be doing mm-hmm. as inexperienced people spanking another well, person? Well, if, if you're new, a warm-up is always very good. Yes. To just go into big, huge, giant wax, That's it, you're not going to last too long with that. No. Unless you're an extreme masochist, but newbies don't really know that. You don't know yourself yet. So a beautiful warm-up is nice, and mm-hmm. it does it, it plumps up the skin, gets a little red, and you're able to take a lot more and, and go harder with it mm-hmm. after. And just that's why... The bum or bottom, whatever you want to call it, is is such a beautiful part of the anatomy because it's just muscle. It's just muscle or fat or whatever's there. You can't really harm someone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no ligaments or, or crucial organs around there. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice way to start yeah. if you're going into the BDSM world, whether you think you're going to be a spank or something more. It's a good way to start. And you can do, it can be a nice nurturing over-the-knee spanking. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you like over-the-knee? I, I love over-the-knee. I, I love over-the-knee. very relaxing. And, and it's a nice way to connect with it's someone. It's so, yes, it's it feels intimate. very very connective and yeah. intimate to me to have that person right on your lap. And you're often holding them on your lap, too, so yeah. they won't kind yeah, of fall the, the other waist. way. Yeah. So you're holding them, so they're right up against your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can make that as nice or as... as What's the word? Sadistics as you want. Like I I like doing a a leg lock. I'll put my right leg over their legs. Oh, yes. Trap them there. Yeah. If you want to go in that direction of of real no control. Yeah. And that can be fun if you want to give a harder kind of spanking. So you can be creative. There's so much you can do. Yeah. And spanking can look a thousand different ways. Mm -hmm. And you can spank and then massage the buttocks in in between. Yeah. yeah. Do another implement of some sort. Mm -hmm. You can get out Mm -hmm. the, the... Electro shank, <laughs> give them a couple right. shocks, like anything. And cattle prod now. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, if they really like a little shocking, so a session that's a little shocking. Um, one thing I do is play, like in my lifestyle play, is I play with like uh, ice packs as well. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, how you have that ice pack. Because, uh, you know, you work up a sweat, you're both working up a sweat. Sure. So, you know, give them a couple of hits, give them the ice pack on the back of their neck or on their True. upper back. Um, and then if you, you know, switch and you put it on their bum, mm-hmm. uh, the, the ice pack, it's going to numb the skin a bit. So it's not going to feel quite as stingy when you go back. That's right. Um, so you can get more of like a thuddier, mm-hmm. you're receiving more of a thuddier yeah. experience if yeah. you ice it up. As yeah. long as it's not wet. If it's wet and then you go, oh, that's, oh, that's stingy. That hurts. Unless you want to do that deliberately, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> get that spray bottle out. Just yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know I know someone that used to have a water bottle and they would just open the water bottle, pour it just, all over yeah. the person, and then go at him. It's like all it was nasty. a big mess, but it was really mean. <laughs> but so worth it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah. And some people um, receive orgasms through sensation mm-hmm. play. Like yeah. I've given 
I could I don't receive spankings this way. So it always <laughs> blows my mind when people can do this, but I've given people lots of orgasms just through spanking. Yeah. And again, probably your rhythm is really important. Yeah. You got to keep it up yes, and, yes, and yes, keep yes. the rhythm going and everything. And yeah, I think it's through the vibrations. Yeah. 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 Especially if you kind of have a thuddy implement, mm-hmm. those uh, those vibrations are penetrating quite deep yeah. and all yeah, the way through nice. the crotch and everything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if they're yeah if they're pretty sensitive to vibrations like that, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double bonus. Exactly. Yeah. When they you hear them start making the right kind of sounds, <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> Stay in the same spot, in the same rhythm. Yeah. My friend is a. It's, it's a paddle that's actually not engineered uh, with that intention. It's a charcuterie board, but it is thick as hell. It is heavy, um, and it's kind of curved as well on the side. So if you do do that chopping motion a bit, it mm. is curved nicely for a bum. Mm-hmm. It's as if it was engineered this way, really. But, oh boy, if you hit someone with that... Your arm gets tired, first of all, because yes, it, it is heavy. heavy. Yeah, you need two hands, like a baseball bat. Yeah, <laughs> you got to two-hand it. But, oh boy, that can deliver some real thuddy, mm. real thuddy spanks, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, over the knee, um, uh, what other ways do you like to give impact play? Do you have some other favorite ways? Uh, well, there's other fun spanking positions, like wheelbarrow position. Okay. It's hard to describe on um, by voice, but I guess the... How would I describe that? The per, I'm sitting down, and yeah. the person's the head is kind of near the floor. Their hands and head are on the floor. Their legs are up kind of around my legs. And, okay. And, and looking at them from behind. And that's a fun position to spank in yeah. and, and to receive. And if you want to do some sexual stuff, you're fully exposed. Yeah. So it's, it's, it <laughs> you're available. Fun. Yeah. So there's a lot of fun uh, spanking positions like that. And the standard, you know, standing up or bending over a chair, bending over a, a bed or standing up at a St. Andrew's cross or something like that. Yeah, the standards. Yeah. One I like, um, I, I play with some people who are, um, you know, kind of identify as like baby girls or, you know, baby people, mm-hmm. ABDLers. So one of my favorites is like, so if someone's on their back, that I grab their ankles mm-hmm. and lift oh, their yeah. bum up off and then do it that way. Oh, yeah. Because that's a very... Uh, that, that evokes very special feelings mm-hmm. about being a, a baby, a essentially. Baby and, and no control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. just lifting up those those ankles, just yes. banging yeah. away. Yeah. Or if you really want to discipline someone, have them be in that position and hold their legs up on their own <gasps> and give them a caning. Oh. That's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine. And they get extra strokes if they can't keep their legs straight. Oh, good yeah, Lord. So that's, that's a punishment. That's like a Zumba class. That's like a, yeah. <laughs> that's like a, oh my God, I would die. I'd die so fast. Well, it, it looks very sexy, actually. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful position because you got someone at a total right angle. And you know they're putting a lot of effort into keeping the position steady anyway, let alone receiving impact play during it. Yeah, if I was doing, uh, like if I was in my home delivering that, I'd get the ice pack out put on their forehead. <laughs> that, that'd be tough to hold that position. Yes. And, and poor baby, I know it's hard. And <laughs> poor dear. But you got to. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. This has been so amazing. Um, we ought to be uh, finishing up, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'd love to ask you one last question. Of course. If that's all right with you. Um, I would love to know, if there's one thing you would like the general people to know about dominatrixes, 
what would it be? I think that we're, at least I know we are, approachable. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that you're going to be harmed or judged. I, I think that too. Don't be afraid of being criticized or being ridiculed or being laughed at. And in all my experience, I've never laughed at anybody. No. I've, I've never, it's never even occurred to me. Me neither. And uh, so just feel f- confident that you can do this and be accepted and respected and that we genuinely enjoy this. Mm -hmm. We're not using people, we're not doing it just for the money, at least the bunch we are at Ritual Chamber and people you've mentioned elsewhere in in the Toronto scene. Um, We're authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I had someone recently, it was a a newbie, Um, he came in and... um, I th- after the session, like he explained at the top, like very apologi- apologetically that he didn't really like pain. Um, and I'm uh, right away. I'm like, no problem. We can do a thousand things, mm-hmm. um, you know. And uh, after it, he was so relieved that he didn't have to have like hardcore intense pain uh, at a to see a dominatrix for a session. I was like, right. of course you don't. And he was just like, oh, I just... I just thought that I had to <laughs> like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do think that they're like, you have to be into pain to yeah, see a they dominatrix. Have, they have preconceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Or to do kink at all. Like they're like, I have to be into pain. Oh my God. No, no. There are a thousand no. and one kinks. No, that don't a lot, a lot of kinks all. are all mental in, in our heads and, and uh, different roles we want to play or yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So where can people follow you, Miss Bernadette? And where can people book you for a session? Okay. Well, go to the ritualchamber.ca mm-hmm. website. And uh, you apply. I, I guess you pick out, book a session, and you fill out a little form saying exactly what it is you want with your information. And Charizard will get back to you. You mm-hmm. can ask specifically for me, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Twitter at Lady in Toronto. The name is Miss Bernadette, but it's at Lady in Toronto. Great. And I have a website, MissBernadette.com. Amazing. But the main way to reach me is on Twitter or through the ritualchamber.ca. Yeah, fantastic. Yes. Uh, since we've been talking about prodoming, I will also give you my prodoming socials. I'm at the Lady Pim One, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Same thing with ritualchamber.ca. Um, you can uh, book me through there as well if you're interested. As for bedpostly type things, if you're in the GTA uh, region and you want to see the bedpost stage show live, that happens the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock at the Social Capital Theatre. My bedpost Instagram got deleted recently, so the best place to find bedpost things is our Facebook page, facebook.com slash bedposterotica. Uh, likewise, uh, if you have a question, comment, suggestion for an episode, suggestion of a guest for an episode, you can email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. And once more, my Patreon is patreon.com slash thebedpostshow if you'd like to donate. Last but not least, you'll hear original music on this podcast. That is by my good pal, Stephanie Copeland. She's an amazing musician. You can find out the rest of her music at stephcopelandmusic.com. And lastly, but not leastly, a huge thank you to you, Miss Bernadette. Well, thank you for having me. It was fun. My absolute pleasure. Yeah. It was such a pleasure to hear about oh, you and your story. Thank you. It was wonderful to talk about. Mm.
<laughs> and thank you to everyone who's been listening to this episode. Uh, we still have two more doms to cover for our Ritual Chamber series. Those will be coming up. And then also we have other fantastic guests on the podcast as per usual. So we will see you next week, everybody, with another great guest talking about sex and sexuality. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.